think eating crickets and bugs is bad. You ain't seen nothing yet. Ad slogans, shallow girlfriends, and a gracious king. Well, okay, he's not a king, but he's a regent, so he's royalty. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Hello there. We are live across four, count them, four different platforms streaming across the planet. We're on Facebook Live, of course, twitch.tv, YouTube, and rumble.com. Hello, Rumble. Great to see you guys in there. Also, our Twitch viewers, I know, I'm sorry, I apologize, but we're back. And hello to our podcast listeners, those of you who check out the audio-only part of the show. You can always find that on wherever you get your podcasts. Please do. We've got hundreds of downloads every week. And uh, every show goes up about 20 minutes, half an hour after we're done with our live show. And uh, you can listen in. Take it with you on your jog or wherever you're going, on your drive to work. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so thank you to everybody who's done that and to those of you who will. Also, don't forget, and you'll find, I think, the link in our scroll down here. Uh, There's a plug for our podcast platforms. Uh, But you'll also find me on Patreon. And if you'd like to help support the show, I've just uh, just revised our Patreon page. Uh, you can also find our Patreon link in this one that's going by the screen right now. It's called the Everything Link. Link tree slash Jay Sheldon right there. And that has a whole bunch of different links on it. I think the very top one is for our Patreon page. And if you'd like to just help support the show, you can do that. And uh, I really uh, bless you, uh, Thank you so much for those of you who do that. Aldwin Wong. Sup, Jay? Sup, Aldwin? All right. Good to see you in here tonight. Hey, got some stuff that may tickle your fancy about gross food. And no, by the way, we will not be trying any of this stuff. I've tried most of the things I'm going to talk about, but not all, because there's one at least that I absolutely refuse to try and you know me i will try anything once but uh but not this all right let's get right into our favorite little miko update here miko update oh yeah our miko update uh she's doing great thank you where's my camera oh there i am okay <laughs> she's doing great and uh, as a matter of fact just today i posted a picture of this on my uh, on my facebook <sighs> A couple of years ago, maybe, a year, more than a year, I think, I bought her this house. You've seen it in pictures I put up here before with Miko. And uh, it's a cute little house. She loves it. It's her safe space. She's got all her toys in there. And uh, she loves to just hang out inside her house. Well, she has been doing this digging in one particular area. I don't know what she thinks she's trying to do, dig through the somewhere but she finally did it and And i got got a picture of it it. (laughs) it's It's a little little tough to tell from this shot but this is the outside of her house this is her hanging half in half out that's the entryway right there and uh let's get my mouse back here there we go Uh, and then she's inside the house that's her favorite squeaky duck yes i have an echo you're right hold on let me get rid of that there we go that's better all right thank you for that aldwin appreciate it Okay, uh, so there's her nose sticking out. Yes, she finally managed to break a hole in the house. And take a look at this. Oh, come on. There we go. Look at that. Look at that snout with them teeth. Oh, man. She, she just now she loves to sit there and stick her nose out of the hole. Maybe that was the point in the beginning. I don't know. But she'll sit there and stick her nose out and it, this dog is weird i'm telling you it's the strangest thing anyway uh yeah <laughs> she's doing great though and she's driving us out of uh out of our minds and now she's destroying very expensive uh very expensive homes that we buy for her all right Anyway, I apologize for the echo in the start of the show there. I know we had uh, an extra source of feeding in here. But anyway, we got rid of it. It's going to come and go because I'm going to play a video here as we get into our first topic tonight. And that is gross food. 
Um, I didn't bring any of it on the show. If you see in our thumbnail, I've got uh, Bitter Gourd, Pig's Blood, uh, those fermented Japanese gross beans. Oh, God, they're awful. I have tried them. They're horrible. I'll never eat them again. I will try anything once. I really will. I don't mind. I'll try anything once with one exception. I'll tell you what that is in a second. Uh, and by the way, if, if you are Asian, I have the counter to all of this Western people think your food is gross coming up. So we'll talk about that too. It's, it's fair play here on the Jay Sheldon Show, okay? My dear friend Sandy, Sandy Lee, uh, who is a, a fantastic fixer in the television and film business, uh, she's one of the best, and we love working with her. She is a, not only a dear, dear friend, but she is a brilliant professional, and uh, she's a lot of fun. And uh, she posted this, and I, it's not a public post. It's a private post to her friends only. But I asked for her permission if I could please share it on my show, and she said, yes, go ahead. So, uh, so I'm going to share it. The only food I will not try is something they call stinky tofu. There's all kinds of tofu. You've got plain tofu, fried tofu, tofu with... Tofu basically has no particular flavor at all. It's just bland. It's like eating paste. Even school paste has more flavor than tofu. Tofu is only flavored by whatever you put on it or put it in because tofu itself really has virtually no flavor, no taste. So, you know, people put all kinds of different chili padi on it and they put sauces on it, things like that. We have, uh, for those of you, again, I've got listeners around the planet. So if you're in Malaysia, forgive me for this obvious explanation. We have something here called Pasamalam, which is basically Pasa Market Malam, night, night market. It's a whole bunch of stalls all set up on a street. And there's all kinds of stuff there. You can find clothes, belts. Back in the day, VCDs were available. And all kinds of really yummy food. I was at the one of the biggest pasamalams in the Klang Valley, which was up in the Chiras area. I forget exactly where it is. It's still going on. I mean, it's still there. And as we're walking down, this was years ago, suddenly I noticed this smell like there was an open sewer grate somewhere. Literally smelled like sewage. I am not kidding. Like human sewage. And I thought, oh man, what a, what a horrible thing to have happen. I mean, you got all these food stalls set up and here's this sewage smell coming up. And the person I was with said, nope, not sewage. That's food. Yeah, that's stinky tofu. Stinky tofu, it just, the absolute best description for it is human waste. It smells exactly like raw sewage. I kid you not. Well, let's switch over here to, uh, there we go. This is our dear friend, Sandy. And thank you, Sandy, for giving us a you're okay to share this. She, for the first time ever, tried stinky tofu. Now, I'm going to double. Uh, there's going to be a little bit of an echo here, but I want you to be able to hear this. Uh, this is Sandy getting her order of stinky tofu. My very first stinky tofu experience. <laughs> there it is. Oh, man. It actually smells good. No, it doesn't. Don't say that. So... There you go. She got the stinky tofu. And uh, <laughs> it's just so gross. Hold on a second. I, I've got to keep... Uh, i got to keep going back and forth here. Hang on a minute. Give me a break, all right? Okay. okay. All right. There, there she is with the stinky tofu. My very first stinky tofu experience. Okay, we're going to dump that. Hang on a second. And I'm going to go to the part. I know, I know I'm echoing. <laughs> Just hang on. We'll get through it. 
Hang on. We're doing this live, okay? Don't go away. Here we go. All right. Here we go. I think I got it now. Let, Let me, me just make sure. sure. Okay, there. there. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I know I'm, I'm still echoed. Here she is trying this. Yeah, I know. I got reverb. It's going to be there for just a little bit, and then we'll, we'll get rid of it. Here she is. See this? This is the Stinky Taofu. It's a friend of hers, and this is whatever crap they put on it, but trust me, the smell of human sewage is so pervasive. It just wafts through everything, so take a look. Okay, this is the first time I'm having to finish the I've been always wondering how it tastes like, and I don't think I want to share with anyone else other than this experience with my okay? So while they're working, they're eating. I'm watching her face. Hey, it's nice. It's nice, she says. Okay. And she keeps eating it. I can't. I can't. This is just, this is more than awful. You, trust me. You're just going to have to trust me. Don't, don't try this. I know there are people who love it. I know there are people who absolutely go out of their way to try and find this stuff. Aldwin said, I actually tried stinky tofu before, and I had to brush my teeth after that. I would not only have to brush my teeth, I would have to brush everything from my throat into my belly all the way out the other side. I, you know what? It'll never happen because I'll never try it. Ever, ever, never. It is the most disgusting, grossest thing I've ever smelled in my life. <sighs> now, another thing, bitter gourd. Bitter gourd is exactly what it says. It's a gourd. It's green. You'll see the on the thumbnail for our show tonight, what, the little green thing is bitter gourd. It's bitter. It tastes like it tastes like bitter medicine. It doesn't have any other taste but bitterness. People eat it. I've eaten it before. I don't like it because it's bitter. Why would you eat something that doesn't taste good? Bitter is not a good taste. It's gross. But people, you know, part of it goes to, and, and I'm not picking on Chinese people, but the Chinese people, a lot of them have these beliefs. These are mostly China Chinese people, that, for example, if you eat something, you will take on the benefits of that. For example, ridiculously so, they eat parts of tigers because they believe it gives them the power of a tiger. I know, stupid, but they believe that. And so they sadly kill and eat tigers. Uh, there are all kinds of odd beliefs like that, mostly scientifically completely untrue, but that belief system is so strong in the culture that to this day, it, it pervades. And uh, yeah, it, it's sad because we're losing our tigers and, and the like, some other endangered species that these people like to chop up and eat uh, for ridiculous reasons. But anyway, to be fair, and uh, <laughs> uh, there are a lot of foods that we Western people eat yeah, isn't that why COVID-19 happened? <laughs> I'm not going to go there, okay? Uh, it could, no, it's not why. You know, three words, gain of function, okay? But anyway, moving on. There are foods uh, that we Western people love, including me, including this guy, that Chinese people can stand. Now, this is, this is more... China Chinese people. I live in a country here in Malaysia where we have three main races, Malays, Chinese, and uh, Indians. And um, those are the three main races and line line. 
Uh, however, most I've found of these lists from this website called eChinaCities.com. It, the link is in our show notes if you want to check out the whole article. But it lists eight Western foods that Chinese people find, compl- find completely gross. The way I find stinky tofu gross, these foods for Chinese people are completely disgusting. Believe it or not, there's plenty of Chinese food well known to turn the stomach of the average Westerner. In fact, they list stinky tofu, chicken feet, turtle jelly, anyone? What about the other way around, though? The other side of the coin. What Western foods do Chinese people find gross? Below some of the common answers this writer has uh, encountered, and also pretty much a list of his favorite things. (laughs) Cheese. I had heard before I moved here that Malaysian people don't like cheese. Not true. They put cheese almost as much as they put chili sauce on everything. Every fast food restaurant has a cheese something. There, I mean, cheese is huge. It's even taken off more than usual in the last five, ten years. Cheese has become hugely popular. But for mainland Chinese people, cheese is horrible. It's at the top of the Western foods they hate. Particularly despised varieties are the stronger ones, you know, like blue cheese, uh, Limburger, things like that, goat's cheese. Uh, Interesting, goat's cheese, or blue cheese rather, often uh, compared to stinky tofu. No, just no, okay? Just no. Uh, Which, generally speaking, makes Chinese people salivate. Westerners run for the hills. Salad. How weird is that? Chinese people have pretty much no love for raw food. So the concept of salad is really kind of bizarre to them. Again, I'm talking about mainland Chinese people. Uh, Why would you want to chomp your way through a big bowl of raw vegetables if you can afford something else? And on that note, why is salad so expensive? You can't argue with that last point. Uh, Sashimi and rare steak. Continuing on this idea of raw things, sushi and rare steak can also be a bit problematic for Chinese diners. There are plenty of sushi and steakhouses in China's big cities these days, but unworldly locals would commonly avoid raw sashimi and order their steaks well done. Uncooked food, generally considered by the Chinese to be unhygienic. Hefty burgers. Chinese people in general on mainland China tend to lean towards the skinny McDonald's-style burgers, if uh, they like burgers at all. Uh, Huge, can hardly fit in your mouth, you know, those giant burgers they make? They don't like them. Uh, One, they think they might not be cooked properly in the middle. Two, they always fall apart. That's true. And uh, three, you have to eat them with your hands. And for the most part, mainland Chinese people generally uh, consider using your hands to be disgusting to eat. Um, Many Chinese restaurants provide gloves with food to uh, impervious uh, to chopsticks. China's Street Food Hall of Fame also boasts its own Chinese hamburger, Raoja, for a fraction of the price. And so it's hardly surprising locals are slow to get on board the big greasy train to Monster Burger Town. Here's one that surprises me. Pizza. No shortage of pizza in Chinese uh, Chinese big cities. But there is a shortage of locals who appreciate what a Western would consider an authentic Italian pizza. In China, they have a wealth of round, flat bread, uh, things that look like pizza. Most locals are at a loss as to why you pay so much more for the Western version. Thick bases, crazy toppings that any self-respecting pizza aficionado would balk at, are, however, more popular. Pizza Hut, for example, seems to be doing a roaring trade with the -the off-the-wall creations, sporting sausage crusts, crab sticks, and even, yes, 
durian. Yeah. Creamy pasta also on the list. Crusty bread is on the list. And strangely enough, Indian curry. Now, curry is spicy, but it's a different kind of spice from, say, a Sichuan Chinese dish. That has a particular heat to it, which is quite different. Uh, Chinese are no stranger to spicy foods and a fair amount of yellow curry-like dishes in various regions in China. But Indian curries in general are not liked by the Chinese, mainly because of the way they look. Without going into graphic detail, there's a picture here of some Indian curry. They basically think the majority of Indian curries look like they belong in a toilet. Bon appetit. <laughs> so weird. Uh, no, Indian curry isn't Western. Not at all. You're right. But uh, yeah, those, well, yeah, it is still an Asian food, huh? True, true, true. All right, this article is in our show notes tonight. You can check it out. It's a very cool article and some really interesting little bits of information. Another thing I found that I hadn't eaten in years, and now since I've lived in Malaysia for over 20 years, I find I eat quite a bit of it or drink quite a bit of it. Hang on. Coffee break, sorry. Is evaporated milk. Sweetened condensed milk, basically. Uh... And my next, uh, one of the main manufacturers of condensed milk or evaporated milk, of course, is this can. You'll see it on the screen now. Carnation evaporated milk. Uh, very cool. Just a quick little story here. And I can't actually read all of it because I'll get banned. But this is a funny story about carnation evaporated milk, which we use a ton of here. We put it in our tea. We put it in our coffee. Uh... Yeah, we use a lot of it. True story. Carnation milk, when opening a can of carnation evaporated milk for your recipes, just smile and think of this. A little old lady from North Carolina had worked in and around her family's dairy farm since she was old enough to walk. Hours of hard work and very little compensation. So when canned milk carnation became available in grocery stores, she read an adver advertisement which offered $5,000 for the best slogan or rhyme poem, beginning with, Carnation milk is best of all. Well, she said to herself, I know about milk and cows and dairy farms. I can do this. She sent in her entry, and about a week later, a black limo drove up in front of her house. Man got out and said, Carnation loved your entry so much, we're here to award you $1,000 because we will not be able to use it. But we wanted to reward your effort anyway. Here's what she wrote. I'll self-edit as I read. Carnation milk is best of all. No tits to pull, no hay to haul. No buckets to wash, no sh to pitch. Just poke a hole in the son of a... Yeah. <laughs> Nicely done. In fact, they, like I said, they loved it so much, they sent the lady a thousand bucks. <laughs> That's a cool story. All right, I need another sip of coffee. Mm. A lot of tonight's show is visual, so those podcast listeners out there, thank you for your subscriptions and your downloads, but you can check out the links in our show notes and see what we're talking about. Uh, okay, eating. We're doing a lot about eating tonight. I don't know why, it just all came up, and that's fine. Uh, another, another one we have talked about on this show before, and we're going to talk about it again because it still cranks my chain. People in Malaysia, stop eating with your mouth open. It's disgusting. You have no manners. It's gross. Not only chewing with your mouth open so I can see all your masticated food inside your mouth, which just makes me lose my appetite, but then they have to talk while they have a mouthful of food 
and they're eating and talking food and they're spitting out and gross. These idiots at the Malay Mail. No love loss here with the Malay Mail, because mainly because on a serious note, they do some ridiculous, clickbaity, untrue headlines with the, the worst disinformation. This one's a funny article, but it's also a bunch of crap as far as I'm concerned. Why it's better to eat with your mouth open. <laughs> Seriously, I'm getting all riled up here. Funny picture. Discerning foodies who dream of reaching culinary nirvana might have to rethink their table manners and stop keeping their mouths closed while chewing to make food taste even better. No, uh uh-uh, ain't gonna happen, and if you do this, you are a loser, you are a moron, you are disgusting. Disgusting. Scientists say you shouldn't. There's nothing more unpleasant than seeing someone gobbling up food with their mouth open. Like keeping your elbows off the table, it's one of the manners we learn from a very young age, or we should have learned. However, it now looks like you're going to have to choose between respecting fellow diners and heightening your enjoyment of a meal. No, I'm not going to choose. If you're eating with your mouth open, I'll request another seat. A loser professor of psychology at the University of Oxford told the Times that eating with your mouth open maximizes the pleasure of every mouthful. This way of eating apparently helps release more volatile organic compounds from foods. It's not a, you know, if it's a cultural thing, then I'm sorry, your culture is disgusting. As far as that goes. As far as that is concerned, if you eat with your mouth open, you're disgusting. I'm not not bashing your whole culture. I'm bashing one little tiny part of it, and that is eating with your mouth open. If you eat and, worse yet, talk with your mouth full of food, you're a loser and a moron. Apparently, because when your mouth is open, this idiot scientist whatever guy... Oh, he's a, a professor of psychology, so, you know... The aroma reaches the back of the nasal cavity more easily, helping you experience the flavors more intensely. The scientific explanation, not so new, since it's already a technique recommended by sommeliers when tasting wine. In wine tasting classes, students often learn about retronasal olfaction, tasting method, which can easily be identified by the strange Im- uh, noise emitted by the mouth involved sucking a little air. You've, you've seen it. Here, I'll tell you what. I'm going to, this is not eating with my mouth open. Mm-hmm. Like that. That's the way you would taste wine to get the air mixed in and get the flavors going in your mouth. Uh, seriously, Larry, I, I, I can't, it drives me nuts. Anyway, Don't do it. The rest of this article, if you want to read it, it's in our show notes. Check it out. Don't do it. Just don't do it. It's gross. It's disgusting. I don't care if it's your culture or not. If it's your culture, that part of your culture is wrong. I feel very strongly about this. Can you tell? I have lots going on in my life I could be upset about. But this one is a hill I will die on. Oh, man. More weird people. It just keeps coming. Check out this article I found. It's from the World of Buzz. We love the World of Buzz on this show. Uh, (laughs) We've done stories like this before. And here's another one. I made a comment when they posted this on Facebook, and I'll say the same thing when I get done talking about this. Malaysian girlfriend shames the boyfriend for driving a Myvi, breaks up with him for a guy who drives a Honda City. Yeah. Recently, a user posted on a Facebook page sharing his experience of how his ex broke up with him for a guy who drove a Honda City instead. In the post, he said, four years ago, my monthly salary was 4,000 ringgit. I was driving a Myvi. 
and my girlfriend left me for a guy who drove a Honda City. Now, I drive a Beamer, a BMW 316, and managed to get a girl to leave her boyfriend who drives a Honda Civic. I consider this successful revenge. Watch out, Honda drivers. <laughs> a lot of netizens were amused by that. Some said, you better be careful the guy who drives a Ferrari will steal your girlfriend. But I guess it's okay, since you'll probably be driving a Rolls Royce. Take revenge in a few years' time. She. Uh, these are comments from people on the Facebook post. She could have a driver that sends her around now. I finally understand because I drive a Proton Saga, hence why I don't have a girlfriend. (laughs) My girlfriend and I would always take a Benz to school when we were in secondary school. We even had a driver. And there's the picture of the Benz. Yes, it is a Mercedes-Benz school bus. Social media users, we occasionally stumble across different types of confessions on Facebook. Some serious, amusing, some ridiculous. Uh, It's an anonymous post. We also remind everybody to simply take it with a pinch of salt. But according to this guy, his girlfriend dumped him because he drove a Myvi for a guy who drives a Honda City. Well, pal, trust me. You are far, far, far better off, and your girlfriend is a complete loser. (laughs) Unbelievable. Forget her, Alwyn said. Gold diggers and hoes ain't even worth simping on. (laughs) Man. Oh, goodness. You know, (laughs) we're going to get to our book in just a bit. We've done stories here on the show about uh, people filing police reports over, oh, I've been offended. Oh, you said something mean. I'm going to file a police report. You know, the police have plenty of better things to do than worry about you and your stupid feelings. Uh, It continues to happen. It happens all the time here. It's the most absurd, ridiculous thing that we waste the police's time on. And why more people don't get charged with filing false police reports? Or the police don't tell these people to just go pound sand, get the hell out, stop wasting the police time. It's a cool story. Popped up. Again, it's the world of buzz. Pahang Regent. Now, that's not the king. A regent is like a a prince uh, royalty, okay? A member of the royal family. The Pahang Regent apologizes and tells the cops to leave an activist alone for tweeting about him being late. Huh. My personal message to Noor Jehan Abu Bakar, my sincere apologies for being late for the event. I wasn't feeling well that morning and had to take a few precautions for everyone's safety. Just last week, a rather prominent environmental activist, Noor Jehan Abu Bakar, uh, found herself in some trouble after she tweeted that the VVIPs were supposed to attend the tree planting event she was at and they had arrived two hours later than they were supposed to. Well, the post on Twitter claimed the regent of Pahang Tenku Hazanai, I'm sorry, I probably mispronounced that, and other high-ranking officers were two hours late for the Buffer Zone Ecosystem Restoration Program, which was a tree-planting event in uh, Pantai Chenor, uh, Kamaman in Tranganu. Uh, the event's supposed to start at 8 Noor Jian traveled all the way from Kwantan to attend it. Uh, there's the uh, post that she made. And the VVIPs finally arrived at 18 minutes after 10. Two over hours late. Her tweet, here we go again, sparked outrage. I'm offended. As some citizens accused her of attempting to defame the regent of Pahang. The event's organizers, Tanaga National, which is our power company here in Malaysia, as well as the Kwantan City Council. It was reported some parties had even gotten the police involved. See, here we go. 
losers, and they had summoned Noor Jahan for an investigation into her Twitter post. They didn't confiscate my phone. They also treated me courteously, she said. They thanked me for coming in to be questioned. I thanked them also for making it fast. Asked why she was brought in for questioning for something so small when there were people out there like uh, our former prime minister continuing to walk free. Uh, A few reports against me. You get the police. Uh, Okay. Her post and the backlash that ensued actually managed to capture the attention of the Pahang regent himself, took to Instagram, and apologized, and shared why he happened to be late on that day. In his Instagram story, Tenku Hazanai told the police, leave Noor Jehan Abu Bakar alone, and don't stir up trouble over a simple tweet. Here's exactly the quote. I have just found out about this. I've asked the police to leave her alone. Please don't create drama. Well done. Well done. We need more people like this regent who uh, is a, a realist and calls it like he sees it and says, you know, look, stop it with this ridiculousness. Leave her alone. Nicely done. We applaud you. Tip of the hat. Not like he needs a tip of the hat from me, but it's always good to hear these kind of stories happening out there. Goes to show we're all the same regardless of status. (laughs) That would be true. All right. It's time to get on to our book, huh? Uh, Wow, we did did like 40 minutes here in the opening of the show. I thought this was going to be a quick one tonight. Uh, But we do have a fairly quick chapter in our uh, continuing adventures with Sherlock Holmes. We read books on this show, as you know, they come from the Gutenberg Project. They're all free. You can check them out, gutenberg.org. We've been doing the adventures of Sherlock Holmes. We're right in the middle of this uh, amazing uh, murder mystery. And we're going to continue now. It was nearly one o'clock when Sherlock Holmes returned from his excursion. He held in his hand a sheet of blue paper scrawled over with notes and figures. I've seen the will of the deceased wife, said he. To determine its exact meaning, I've been obliged to work out the present prices of the investments with which it is concerned. The total income, which at the time of the wife's death was little short of 1,100 pounds, is now, through the fall in agricultural prices, not more than 750 pounds. Each daughter can claim an income of 250 pounds in case of marriage. It's evident, therefore, that if both girls had married, this beauty would have had a mere pittance, while even one of them would cripple him to a very serious extent. My morning's work has not been wasted, since it's proved that he has a very strong motive, the strongest, for standing in the way of anything of that sort. And now, Watson... This is too serious for dawdling, especially as the old man is aware that we are interesting ourselves in his affairs. So if you're ready, we'll call a cab and drive to Waterloo. I should be very much obliged if you'd slip your revolver in your pocket. And Ellie's number two is an excellent argument with gentlemen who can twist steel pokers into knots. That and a toothbrush are... I think, all that we need. At Waterloo, we were fortunate enough in catching a train for Leatherhead, and when we hired a trap at the station inn and drove for four or five miles through the lovely Surrey lanes, it was a perfect day, with a bright sun, a few fleecy clouds in the heavens, the trees and wayside hedges just throwing out their first green shoots, and the air was full of the pleasant smell of the moist earth. To me, at least, there was a strange contrast between the sweet promise of the spring and the sinister quest upon which we were engaged. My companion sat in the front of the trap, his arms folded, his hat pulled down over his eyes, and his chin sunk upon his breast, buried in the deepest thought. Suddenly, however, he started, tapped me on the shoulder, and pointed over the meadows. Look there, he said. A heavily timbered park stretched up a gentle slope, thickening into a grove at the highest point. 
From amidst the branches there jutted out the gray gables and high-roofed tree of a very old mansion. Stoke Moran, said he. Yes, sir, that be the house of Dr. Grimsby Roylott, remarked the driver. There's some building going on there, said Holmes. Is that where we're going? There's the village, said the driver, pointing to a cluster of roofs some distance to the left. But if you want to get to the house, you'll find it shorter to get over the stile and so by the footpath over the fields. There it is, where the lady's waiting, walking. And the fancy, and the lady, I fancy, is Mrs. Stoner, observed Holmes, shading his eyes. Uh, yes, I think we'd better do as you suggest. We got off, paid our fare, and the trap rattled its way back to Leatherhead. I thought as well, said Holmes, as we climbed the stile, that this fellow should think we'd come here as architects on some definitive business. It may stop his gossip. Uh, good afternoon, Miss Stoner. You see that we have been as good as our word. Our client of the morning had hurried forward to meet us with a face which spoke of her joy. "'I've been waiting so eagerly for you,' she cried, shaking hands with us warmly. "'All has turned out splendidly. Dr. Roylott has gone to town, and it's unlikely he'll be back before evening.' "'We've had the pleasure of making the doctor's acquaintance,' said Holmes. And in a few words he sketched out what had occurred. Miss Stoner turned white to the lips as she listened. "'Good heavens!' she cried. "'He's followed me, then.' "'So it appears. "'He is so cunning that I never know when I'm safe from him. "'What will he say when he returns?' "'He must guard himself, "'for he may find there's some more cunning one than himself upon his track. "'You must lock yourself up from him tonight. "'If he is violent, he shall take you away to your aunt's at Harrow.' Now we must make the best use of our time, so kindly take us at once to the rooms which we are to examine. The building was of grey lichen botched stone in a high central portion, and two winged curves like the claws of a crab thrown out on each side. In one of these wings the windows were broken and blocked with wooden boards, while the roof was partly caved in, a picture of ruin. The central portion was in a little better repair, but the right-hand block was comparatively modern. The blinds in the windows, with blue smoke curling up from the chimneys, showing that this was where the family resided. Some scaffolding had been erected against the end wall, and the stonework had been broken into. But there was no sign of any workmen at the moment of our visit. Holmes walked slowly up and down the ill-trimmed lawn and examined with very deep attention the outsides of the windows. This, I take it, belongs to the room in which you used to sleep, the center one to your sister's, and the next one to the main building to Dr. Roylott's chamber. Exactly so, but I'm now sleeping in the middle one. Pending the alterations, as I understand, uh, by the way, there does not seem to be any very pressing need for repairs at that end wall. There were none. I believe that it was an excuse to move me from my room. Ah, that is suggestive. Now on the other side of this narrow wing runs the corridor from which these three rooms open. Are there any windows in it, of course? Yes, but very small ones. Too narrow for anyone to pass through. Are you both locked in your rooms at night? Your rooms are unapproachable from the side. Now, would you have the kindness to go into your room and bar your shutters? Miss Stoner did so, and Holmes, after a thorough examination through the open window, endeavored in every way to force the shutter open, but without success. There was no slit through which a knife could be passed to raise the bar, and then with his lens he tested the hinges. But they were of solid iron, solidly built into the massive masonry. Hmm, said he, scratching his chin in some perplexity. My theory certainly presents some difficulties. No one could pass these shutters if they were bolted. Well, we shall see if the inside throws any light upon the matter. A small side door led into the whitewashed corridor from which the three bedrooms opened. 
Holmes refused to examine the third chamber, so we passed at once to the second, in which Miss Stoner was now sleeping, and in which her sister had met with her fate. It was a homely little room, low-ceiling, gaping fireplace after the fashion of an old country house. A brown chest of drawers stood in one corner, a narrow white counterpaned bed in another, and a dressing table on the right left-hand side of the window. These articles, with two small wickerwork chairs, made up all the furniture in the room, save for a square of Wilton carpet in the center. The boards round and the paneling of the walls were brown, worm-eaten oak, so old and discolored that it may have dated from the original building of the house. Holmes drew one of the chairs into a corner and sat silent, while his eyes traveled round and round, up and down, taking in every detail of the apartment. "'What does that bell communicate with?' he asked at last, pointing to a thick bell-rope which hung down beside the bed, the tassel actually lying upon the pillow. "'It goes to the housekeeper's room. "'It looks newer than the other things. Uh, "'Yes, it was only put there a couple of years ago. "'Your sister asked for it, I suppose. Oh, "'No, I never heard of her using it. "'We used always to get what we wanted for ourselves. "'Indeed.' It seems unnecessary to put so nice a bell-pole there. You'll excuse me for a few minutes while I satisfy myself as to this floor. He threw himself down upon his face with his lens in his hand and crawled swiftly back and forward, examining minutely the cracks between the boards. And then he did the same with the woodwork with which the chamber was paneled. Finally, he walked over to the bed, spent some time in staring at it, and in running his eye up and down the wall. Finally, he took the bell rope in his hand and gave it a brisk tug. Why, it's a dummy, said he. Won't it ring? No, it's not even attached to a wire. Well, this is very interesting. You can see now that it's fastened to a hook just above where the little opening for the ventilator is. Well, how absurd. I've never noticed that before. Very strange, muttered Holmes, pulling at the rope. There are one or two very singular points about this room. For example, what a fool a builder must have been to open a ventilator into another room. When, with the same trouble, he might have communicated with the outside air. That is also quite modern, said the lady. "'Drawn about the same time as the bell-rope,' remarked Holmes. Uh, "'Yes, there were several little changes carried around that time. "'There seems to have been a most interesting character. "'Dummy bell-ropes and ventilators which don't ventilate. "'With your permission, Miss Stoner, "'we shall now carry our researches into the inner apartment.' Dr. Grimsby Roylott's chamber was larger than that of his stepdaughter, but was as plainly furnished. A camp bed, a small wooden shelf full of books, mostly of a technical nature. An armchair beside the bed, a plain wooden chair against the wall, a round table, a large iron safe were the principal things which met the eye. Holmes walked slowly round and examined each and all of them with the keenest interest. "'What's in here?' he said, tapping the safe. "'Ah, oh, my stepfather's business papers.' "'Oh, you've seen inside, then?' "'Only once, some years ago. "'I remember it was full of papers. "'There isn't a cat in it, for example.' "'No, what a strange idea. "'Well, look at this.' "'He took up a small saucer of milk, "'which stood on the top of it. "'No, we don't keep a cat.' But there is a cheetah and a baboon. Ah, yes, of course. Well, a cheetah is just a big cat, and yet a saucer of milk doesn't go very far in satisfying its wants. I dare say there is one point which I should wish to determine. He squatted down in front of the wooden chair and examined the seat of it with the greatest attention. Thank you. It's quite settled, said he, rising and putting his lens in his pocket. Hello. Here's something interesting. The object which caught his eye was a small dog-leash hung on one corner of the bed. 
The leash, however, was curled upon itself and tied so as to make a loop of whipcord. What do you make of that, Watson? It's a common enough lash, but I don't know why it should be tied. It's not quite so common, is it? Ah, me, it's a wicked world when a clever man turns his brains to crime. It is the worst of all. I think I've seen enough now, Miss Stoner, and with your permission, we shall walk out upon the lawn. I have never seen my friend's face so grim or his brow so dark as it was when we turned from the scene of this investigation. Wow. We will pick it up again on Monday night, and we will conclude this bit of adventure from Sherlock Holmes. That'll be coming up. All right. Uh, King Zed. Hey, King Zed. <laughs> hey, Papa, he says. How are you? Good to see you. Thanks for popping in on the stream. Appreciate it. Be sure you like and subscribe. Follow us on our podcast, too, wherever you go. Spotify, iTunes, Apple. Check out our podcast. Doing great. All right, Zed, good to hear from you. Uh, Aldwin, of course, always gets a... Uh, oh, you already did. Thank you so much. All right, appreciate it. Uh, it's true Malaysia did ban Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah, whatever. Uh, because it may cause religious tensions due to having gore slaying gods and alphabet represent blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It, it, I, I'm through getting upset when these idiots ban films in this country because it just doesn't matter anymore. It is too bad for the cinemas. They're the only ones really taking a hit. Because normal people who know how to, you know, anybody with half a brain knows how to watch films that are banned in a country. Doesn't matter. You're not stopping anybody who wants to watch the film from watching the film because there are ways. We all know what they are, and we all do it. So take your banning and your censorship and shove it where the sun don't shine. Like I said, the, the one group of people I really do feel quite badly for are the GSCs, the cinemas. They are the ones who are suffering. You're not stopping anyone from watching the film. You're stopping people from doing business, and that's a shame. Anyway. Yeah, so, enjoy Thor Love and Thunder wherever you may be, banned or not. I know you will. I'll see you again on Monday night. Thanks for watching. Thanks for subscribing and liking. Really appreciate it. We will see you on Monday. That's the Jay Sheldon Show. Good night. Snort. <laughs>